0: Welcome to 100 PM, the show where we interview 100 active product managers from startups to enterprise, everything in between, all from one great city every season. If you're joining us for the first time, be sure to visit our website, 100productmanagers.com. That's the number 100, Productmanagers.com. It's the web's largest single free resource for product management topics. We've got tons of great articles about business, technology, and design, fabulous contributors, and the official must read, listen to, follow list as recommended by our incredible guests week over week. It's season one. We're here in sunny Los Angeles. I'm your host, Susanna Bate, resident instructor at General Assembly and founder of The Development Factory. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Tyler Adams first came to LA to compete in Startup Weekend. His product, Horse, a video sharing social platform in the spirit of the Ice Bucket Challenge before the Ice Bucket Challenge, won. So he quit his job and he stuck around. Horse like so many great startup ideas, didn't have the legs to survive. But Tyler's entrepreneurial spirit is alive and kicking. He's now a senior product manager at BCG Digital Ventures in Manhattan Beach. 100 PM sat down with Tyler to talk about entrepreneurship, the process of incubating startups within existing organizations to fuel new growth. This is the primary work of BCG Ventures and the topic of today's episode.
1: and So that kind of gave me like a taste for it because I had all these guys coming in and pitching their startups at the time or like small tech companies that were in ad tech. Uh, And I thought, you know, here I am on the buy side trying to optimize really cool, but I really liked what they were doing. Uh, and sort of saw the light, if you will, so decided it was time to get involved.
0: You envied the entrepreneurial spirit. Uh,
1: certainly, certainly. Right,
0: so you came out to LA, put a surfboard in the car, <laughs> there was no looking back. Yep. Now we're, we're here at BCG Ventures. Give us the, what is BCG Ventures?
1: Yeah, so... Uh so I have a job now, so obviously the startup didn't work. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, uh, So I work at Boston Consulting Group Digital Ventures uh, here in Manhattan Beach. Uh, we are a uh, corporate innovation and incubation firm. So essentially what we do is we partner with large corporations uh, and we look for opportunities to leverage their assets and any frictions that they have either with their customers or within their own company to develop growth opportunities through the form of a new venture. Uh, And so what we do here is we actually try to come up with what those ventures are going to be in partnership with them. Um, We have sort of an innovation cycle, if you will, where we spend a number of weeks working with the client, coming up with these ideas, uh, and really ideating around concepts that might help them uh, to either reach a new market or reach a new customer.
0: Now you joke about having a job, but I mean actually what's going on here is you're all just running around like entrepreneurs sort of creating these these micro businesses or startups ideas. Yeah. And pitching yeah. them to clients, big clients who are saying, We're stagnating or you know, we're we're getting cannibalized by startups. How can we think lean? Yep. And so it's a, it's almost intrapreneurial in this way. It Outsourced is. intrapreneurship. If yeah,
1: you like. it is. It's definitely an interesting place. Uh, and it's very unique because we have access to so many things that a typical startup wouldn't have access to or a typical entrepreneur wouldn't have access to, whether it's tools or capital or the clients and huge data sets that they haven't leveraged. And so we're really looking for, like, those interesting we're, we're not starting from zero right we're starting with all of these things and you have to come up with creative ways to mash them up to to make something beautiful uh and we've come up with a few uh, i'm working on a few now and we're hoping for something big but um you know we've only been around for two years um and it's crazy we're growing insanely fast we're now in tokyo in sydney london berlin uh, and the types of projects we're working on are, are definitely interesting. Cool. Yeah, it's great.
0: What, uh, your title is product lead?
1: Uh, product manager. Product yes. manager. Okay. Yep. So
0: what does that mean from, I'm looking at you and I wanted to say nine to five, but I almost want to edit it and say like 10 to four. Is that, <laughs> is that insulting? <laughs> no, you just insulting. look so relaxed.
1: <laughs> I told you I went serving this morning. Uh, no, hit 9.30, but actually I'm here till 9 or 10 at night, most nights. Um, but I think it's just because I really like what I do, and I find it interesting and just see great opportunities with the stuff that we're working on. So when you're passionate about your job, you know, it doesn't feel like you're working.
0: So describe a, a typical day. I'm sure there isn't such thing as a, a typical day, but what are some of the things that you get your hands into between 9.30 and whenever you go home?
1: Yeah. Uh, as a product manager here, it's really interesting because each one of our ventures is in one of three stages. It's either in what we call innovation, incubation, or commercialization. In innovation, <laughs> product managers here get, like, discounted a little bit. Like, if you're on an innovation, everyone's like, oh, are you going to be okay? Like, it doesn't have a real defined process. Nothing's really, like... You know, are you going to get upset? Or are you going to know what to do? And you'll see product managers that are like, oh, I hate innovation. Like, what is this? You know, this whole customer journey and understanding the consumer and then like ideating and all that. But I actually, I find it really interesting. That's where a lot of like the vision comes and the spark of potential ideas. Uh, but there is a lot of work that goes into it that doesn't turn into a tangible product. And I think that's what you know, the typical product manager is like, well, what? It's not, you know, I can't touch it, I can't improve it. Like, what is this concept thing? Um, When we get into incubation, that's where actually our company has decided upon a product out of innovation uh, based on all of the criteria that we put in place to essentially determine that it gets the thumbs up and is going to move forward. Um, And in incubation is where the building begins. So... Incubation is where our product managers are happy and loving life for the most part because it's essentially been turned over to them to now lead the teams and to say, okay, we need to build this thing. We need to get it in market. You get assigned uh, a team of designers and a team of engineers uh, and you get to build. Um, So that's the real beauty and you're bringing something new to market. And then in in commercialization is where uh, we actually commercialize the product, uh, put it into market a lot of times given our relationship with our corporate clients here at at DV, um, at that point, sometimes our product will get handed back over to them to begin running, and we get to hop back in line and do it again. Uh, Other times, some of ours are more joint ventures where DV has a stake in it, as well as the corporate client. And in that case, we'll bring it to market, we'll continue to iterate, look at the analysis of data and how consumers are interacting with it and continue to build and improve upon the product.
0: That's when an internal product manager almost gets like shipped off to a new base. They're like, you did such a great job commercializing this product that you're now working for them essentially.
1: And that is actually kind of the dream here, right? It is the dream. Because um, for some, for some it definitely is. For me it is, okay? And the reason why for me is because I feel like there's something about this place that's almost, I I call it like a, a startup without the risk in the sense that we're working really hard to create really cool stuff. Um, I'm still going home with a paycheck, right? I have the benefits of working at a really big company. Um, And then if one of these products goes to market, we do have opportunities where there's a number of them currently where the C-suite are guys that left from here to now run the product uh, or the company. And it's backed by... Either BCG or by our corporate client, and um, you know we're not getting founders equity by any means. Uh, but you're now running a venture, and a lot of times you have an incredible client already as your first customer because it's someone that we already worked with, uh, and it really enables you to have like an insane amount of momentum right out of the gate. Uh, so we have a few that have just kind of hit that that stride, and some guys have left and. It's it's really exciting. Uh, I think You're it's a really poking cool into
0: rooms saying, "Anybody <laughs> looking for a PM to yeah. steer this this ship?"
1: Yeah, I mean, a guy just left uh, a couple weeks ago to go lead a project that we just launched in China. Uh, another one recently in the last six months out of San Francisco. So uh, yeah, there's there's quite a few that have happened like that, and it, it's neat. I mean, uh, of course, DV doesn't want to see um, doesn't want to lose good people. But also when it's the lead investor in one of these products, and they know that you know the person running it is from here and kind of knows the DV way, um, it makes for uh, a little bit of comfort in knowing who you know the founder is.
0: Right. It's interesting that you say that the there's a sentiment that innovation is, uh, because it sounds a little bit like the innovation phase as you define it here, is like being an entrepreneur with an idea and you're if you're a smart entrepreneur and and you've read a little bit about how to mitigate risk, then what you're doing is you're thinking about a concept, you're validating it, you're doing some preliminary customer development. This is the the truth that the romance wipes away when you introduce validated learning yeah. as a concept, because as long as you're sitting around thinking that the only thing standing between you and a $2 billion acquisition is somebody like me to build the product for you yeah. then everything is kind of rosy and perfect. Right. It's when you actually take your idea and then start talking to people and realizing you don't fully understand the problem or the solution that you've perfectly imagined when you jumped straight to features in your mind is actually not really going to solve that problem. You have to pivot. You don't know what. You lose interest.
1: Totally. Totally. No, it's very true. It's very true and I think that that's kind of that uh, like you said, it's like the reality of taking the dr- taking the reality of the dream and like really de- defining what it can become um, and yeah, some product managers get caught up in that space, of like, ah, I don't know is this right, uh, not comfortable like just give me something, let me run with it and, and let me start to build um, so it's it's interesting here but I, I enjoy both so it's, it's been a good fit
0: Well and it, it speaks to it speaks to I think the difference of a product management role moving from one place to another. If you're in an organization that is a true startup, I'm not talking about a fully capitalized, everyone's got a new Mac startup, but I mean the garage startup, if you will, there's a sense of I'm touching development maybe or I'm touching design, I'm, I'm making calls. Yep. No one's picking up the phone, but yeah. I'm making them. Yeah, um, And so what it means to be a product manager in that capacity starts to become loose. It's more yep. I'm doing everything Right. versus uh, that really delineated space that says, great, here's your dashboard, here's your respective teams. What do you think... It, well, you said you like both. I mean, what do you think is more interesting?
1: Yeah, it, it's funny the way you just framed that up because I started thinking through, like, each person that I know here, as that's a product manager, and where they came from and then what they like, right? And it's like the product managers that I know that have come from Amazon and Beats and, uh, like, more structured Google, more structured, like, PM roles... Um, they're the guys that don't like innovation, right? They're the guys that, like, have had a command post, have had their people building things and feel really comfortable in that setting. And then it's the guys that have, like, done the startups and done other things that haven't been as straight PM roles that are like, innovation's great, you know? Like, I have fun, I can do the vision piece. Um, I think that the innovation is interesting, um, and obviously important because you can't get to incubation without good innovation, at least in the way that we define it here at DV. Um, but I still think that the, you know, incubation is where you start to build. And I think that, you know, you look at companies like Nike uh, where, prototyping is like their number one north star like just get in there start making it put it on someone's foot and if it works it works and then we'll spend more time on it um and here it's it's not until innovation a little bit uh, i apologize incubation end of innovation we start doing a little bit more prototyping and stuff but i think because of that relationship with a corporate partner and trying to help guide them through the process and make them comfortable with it it's really hard for us just to stick a crappy looking prototype in front of them and to justify, you know, working with us and fees and that sort of thing. It's like, well, what is this? Like, this isn't what we paid for. It's like, well, it's an MVP. Like, this is how you get to things. Like, it doesn't really work that well in our model. Uh, So we have to do a little bit more of the coaching and understanding of like why, how we're doing these things and why we're doing them. But then when we get to incubation, you know, they've kind of bought in. So it's at that point where we're like, okay, great. I'm glad you guys have this grand vision. Let me show you what it's gonna look like on day one and we're going to get there, but it's not going to be, you know, there tomorrow. There's a way and a path to do it, uh, and we're going to learn a shit ton along the way. Uh, And maybe it looks like that, but maybe it looks like, you know, a completely different version of that, but it's going to be guided based on more user interaction and testing, and we're going to make sure that what we develop is the right thing. So to me, that build is where... Uh, sort of the rubber
0: meets the road. And that's what's exciting to me because it really starts to come to life. Do these, these you know, you talk about these corporate clients. We're talking about Fortune 100 companies here. Yep. Do they have product managers?
1: Uh, in some instances, yes. Um, yeah, in, in some instances, yes. Uh, in others, no, or we don't interact with them necessarily. Uh, but I mean, we're talking about a large Portion of our portfolio is uh, major insurance providers, and we have a number of major um, pharmaceutical players. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to have product managers to some degree, um, but where we're tapping into things with them normally doesn't involve their product managers, no.
0: When you tell your friends and family that you're a product manager, do they know what you're talking about? No. 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 So what do your friends and family <laughs> think that you do all day?
1: Actually, it's funny because, like, some people do or, like, they think they do, and they're like, oh, whoa, like, that's, like, super technical. You're, like, developing stuff, and, like, how do you how do you manage all that? What do you do? Um, well, that's a good question. Um, because I started in consulting, and they all watched me do that and I'd had a lot of conversation with that and then I left and I built a couple of mobile apps myself and, and one engineer uh, it at least gives some context like people that know me I'm able to be like well it's kind of like you took them to and you cram them together right? like I'm talking to these clients but then instead of just giving them strategy and powerpoint decks as to how to improve their businesses I actually go out and build them an app or a platform or something that's actually going to help them solve that problem Um, so through that interaction and dynamic, it at least helps them to understand a little bit more. Um, but a lot of times I just avoid it. I'm like, yeah, it's really fun. I love my job. It's great.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, and I, I bring it up, but there's some truth to this. I mean, part of the, the reason that 100 product managers show exists is because, we're trying to demystify this 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 domain called product management even for those of us who are actively involved in it I think part of the appeal I hope part of the appeal for people listening in is saying oh that's what everyone else is doing and then they're kind of measuring it against what they're doing we're starting to feel not so alone in our little worlds of because everyone's kind of winging it it's wild west a bit right now for
1: sure for sure no I'm with you uh, it was like that when I interviewed here. I mean, I came in for an interview, and I remember, um, you know, DV's only been around for two years, but I interviewed with a couple different product managers, and I could, they were all very different, right? Some of them had come from being engineers and having a much more development side, and others had come from consulting. And I think with, with DV in particular, I think that we have that ability to sort of have a broader base of what a product manager's capabilities are, because of the cycles that we go through, uh, and some uh, can focus just on in innovation if they want, others can be more of our builders, but there's still that sense, everybody at least has that sense of like, you know, viability, feasibility, like can we actually build this thing? Can we bring it to market? Um, but there's gonna be some guys that are gonna be a lot better at actually, you know, writing user stories and ensuring that it meets every specification, and that the developers are gonna understand it, and that the designers are going to be able to create to that time schedule um, and sprint cycles and all that. Uh, And then there is more of that visionary product piece here. Um, But I think that you have to ask a lot of questions when you go into a role uh, because the definition of product is so different at different places to make sure that you're going to be comfortable with what you're doing. Uh, Because I think that... If you go in someplace and they're expecting you to be the technical product manager that's writing user stories every day and guiding a team of engineers, you're, and you haven't done that previously or don't have a lot of engineering experience, you're going to find yourself in a really uncomfortable position really, really quickly. Um, but if it's you know more of the startup that you mentioned where you're going to have to wear a lot of hats and you're going to have some time to develop some more of those skills, uh, you can get pretty comfortable in that space. And, think I got lucky here with sort of having a little bit of both uh, you know having built two apps on my own I at least had sat down and I had gone from you know wireframing on a piece of paper to using sketch to actually doing some of the design work and then to sitting with an engineer you know at 14 hours a day going through and understanding sort of how he was building what he was building teaching stuff on my own so like I had some of those skills but that's definitely a piece that I continue to try to develop on the on the technical side uh, because I think that that's where um, you can really differentiate yourself.
0: We, we when we talk about product management it's it is this kind of it's the Neapolitan swirl of business technology yeah. and design and oftentimes In the least, you sort of need to come in from one domain, and it sounds like part of your background really came from understanding that business, you know, business objectives, business model design, and then, as you say, from your own entrepreneurial ventures, learning a little bit more of the hands-on, do you think there's a sweet spot, you know, if you were going to talk to some young Jedi and say, so you want to be a product manager, my advice, as Tyler here speaking, is go and and be great at this and a bit of this. What would be the combo that you would recommend? Skill sets.
1: Yeah. So the good part about product management is I think that the majority of the skills you can learn, right? we're not talking about something out there that's, like, impossible to obtain, right? The technical stuff, you can sit down, you can take a course, you can teach yourself how to code. There's plenty of uh, tools and resources out there. Uh, Design, same thing. I think design, you know, just having a sense of uh, appreciation for good design, a sense of good design, teaching yourself a little bit online again, that's not a a huge one. I think business um, becomes a little bit more challenging uh, in the sense of just depending on what it is you're doing. And here we have to like really adapt because one month you might be working with an insurance client, the next month you might be working with a healthcare client, the next month you might be working with a consumer goods client. So like being able to balance from one to the next here, you know, the design and technical pieces kind of stay the same, the business sides change a lot. Um, so, so that piece to me has been very valuable with my background. But honestly, I think the number one skill is adaptability to different personalities. Um, You have to be a true leader. And when you sit down and have a conversation with a designer, it is going to be a complete 360 or 180 when you go and sit down and have a conversation with an engineer. And when you all of a sudden have a team of 12 people that are looking to you to sort of guide them in what it is that you're creating, uh, if you can't adapt to each one of those personalities and get everyone sort of working together and collectively to drive to the goal you're going to really struggle. Um, You're definitely going to struggle. And I've seen it. Uh, And I think that, you know, I'm fortunate in a sense that I've always been pretty outgoing and adaptable and, you know, can converse with just about anybody and and enjoy it. Um, But... You know, the butting of the heads of when, you know, product wants to do one thing and engineers think it should go another way or design thinks it should happen another way uh, can be tough and can be really straining on a, on a manager in that role. So being open and understanding of like those perspectives and why they have those perspectives uh, is really powerful when you're when you're leading a team.
0: What does it take in in your opinion, to get a job as a product manager, the the classic conundrum of how do I get experience if I don't have experience? So, you know, say I'm I'm a student at General Assembly, I'm taking a product management course. I want, I want to come and work here. Yeah. You know, how do I get in?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, with products, I, I think that, with anything, right? Like, do whatever you can to prove that it's really what you want to do Uh, there's so many easy tools and things out there now that would enable you to sit down and create right like go home wireframe something put it in vision or in design and make you know make essentially a prototype make it your damn resume make it the last five years of your life whatever you want to make it tell a story with it um, that represents you and why you think that product management is right for you Um, I think that that like although there's sometimes, like, the gimmicky, like, resumes that get shared on LinkedIn of, like, this designer or that, this and that. But, like, it kind of proves, like, you know, your passion towards it. And I think that any organization that sees that you have a drive for a particular area and why you want to do it um, is, at least any good organization, might be open to it if they have a low enough role available, right? Right. Whenever I work with people, I just want to say that they're hungry to learn and hungry to expand their skill sets, um, and I think that you can. There's so many ways to prove that now. Whether it's like you said, going and taking a class at General Assembly, or you know, taking a course online, or building a a mock product just to build it and prove that like you really want to do it, and not just say, "Hey, I really want to be a product manager." Um, but I think because product has those different facets of business, of design, of technical capabilities like pick one and do it really well and then kind of brush up on the other areas to kind of round yourself out but uh it gives you some like leniency and flexibility it's not a very it's not so rigid um that you should be able to find an an area that like you can really shine in uh and prove why you'd be good at that role i hope that makes sense
0: yeah i think i'm go out and, and get it done. I mean, this yeah. this has come up before, this concept of side projects. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because... Always you know, got to have a side project. <laughs> you always have to <laughs> Yeah, even still, no matter what, I, I this topic of internships comes up a lot and there's a lot of debate about, you know, wages and certainly in the world of development, increasingly in design, you know, commoditization. And at the same time, there's a reality that... Um, you have to you have to put in the time and and the sweat and the tears and show that you really want to be in it it's kind of like proving yourself as a product manager is a little bit like going to live in new york like you have to like <laughs> can you make it can you
1: handle it yeah <laughs> show me yeah no i'm i'm totally with you um and and it's true and and there are like internships are great i think that i get asked about internships sometimes from family members and that are in high school and it's like, you know, and I had some crappy internships and I had some decent internships, but I made sure I never did the same thing twice just because I didn't know what I want to do, you know, and it helped me by recognizing like really what I didn't want to do, you know, I went and worked for a uh, stockbroker, I went and shot TV commercials. I worked at a summer camp. Like, I did all sorts of different stuff. But I think, like, again, what I recognized was that almost enabled me more in my role today because I was working with a lot of different personalities, right? I was working with a lot of different people. And that people management um, is, like I said, one of the most valuable skills that I think I bring to my job today. Uh, And if I had just worked with the exact same type of people, no matter what the role was, I mean, maybe the the technical skills within that specific subset would have enhanced, but I don't think I would have been as rounded out in my ability to, to do what I can do now um, from the, the management side of things.
0: What's the least sexy thing about product management that, like, just put it out on the table, we're demystifying here, we're unpacking. Yeah, yeah. The thing that's like, oh, God, it's not <laughs> so cool.
1: Yeah, I mean... I I, not so cool yeah I mean when you're creating and you're sitting there and you're writing user stories for like a sign on page and you have to think through every single detail and hover state and all these things you're just like alright come on can we get to the fun stuff you know so there's definitely pieces of that but the fun stuff
0: being the design and the
1: yeah design bring me colors yeah, and typeface let me yeah. touch it Exactly. But sitting there and like, you know, making sure you don't forget everything and people looking to you to make sure you have it and making sure that you have every one of those details is, uh, it's tasking. Um, but, uh, you gotta do the, you gotta do the hard stuff to get to do the fun stuff.
0: Great. Right. Fair enough. That sounds like, uh, normally I ask people at the end of our conversation, what's the, what's your personal quote or mantra that, that goes on a mug? Is it that, that one you have to do the hard stuff to do the fun stuff? <laughs> do you have a better one? Uh, <laughs> One that you use on the beach, maybe? One that I use on the beach. I mean, get shit done is pretty much what I have to say.
1: That's how I operate. Um, and it's worked out pretty well so far. So I'll continue to do that.
0: What about resources? Are, are you Do you listen to podcasts or, or follow any sort of bloggers or thought leaders? Is there anybody in this space that, that you think is, if you don't, are not familiar with their work or the theories that they're bringing into the industry, you need to get familiar with them?
1: Yeah. Um, I do listen to quite a few podcasts. Um, I, got, I got into swimming, and like swimming I thought was so boring, but then I bought a waterproof iPod, so I just plug in a podcast. I'll swim for like 30 minutes in my pool, and then get that. It's amazing. It's like, kill two birds with one stone. Uh, so I listen to like I listen to Startup for a while I listened to Tim Ferriss again like I, I'm in the camp of diversity of thought you know like I don't want to listen to the same people talk about the same stuff necessarily because I think that you know I can learn more from hearing about some crazy scientist that's working on something crazy or going to Mars or what, you know because it, maybe it ties back or gives me inspiration or creativity towards um, uh, a new challenge Uh so I do that quite a bit. I like to read a lot. Um, Predictably Irrational is the last book I read, and uh, I just finished that. It's a great book. And really cool as a product manager too, because it like, it's you'll catch yourself a number of times in reading the book of like, God damn it, i do that too. Like all these things. Where, I'm not
0: familiar with it. Oh, it's What's a great
1: book. It's um, Cole's
0: notes, please.
1: Yeah, I I can't think of the author right now, but it's called Predictably Irrational. And it's all about how, like, humans are predictably irrational. Like, a lot of the things that we do, um, we're going to do, and they're completely irrational. But, like, based on data and statistics and the longevity of us doing the exact same thing, like, we know we're going to do it. Uh, And it's really, really interesting. And you'll see some things in there, and a lot of it's geared towards, like, how to develop products when people are irrational. Right, So you, you might think, like, there's no way they would choose this. There's no way they would choose this. There's no way they would choose this. And then sure enough, boom, everybody chooses
0: it. And you mean as customers yeah. or, or even internally?
1: Uh, yeah, both. Both, yeah. It kind of has both perspectives throughout the book. Um, but it's great. You should definitely read it.
0: Well, the danger, too, is always we we know so much about all of these different disciplines that we we cook up all of these assumptions all the time about how other people outside of the world of product think about user experience, think about design, think about features, and you know, it's funny, this is the, the number one problem is jumping to the solution, because that's the fun stuff Yeah, when you say it. What, how do you insert into your memory muscle don't leap from you know an unexamined assumption to build remember to go through those boring steps that you probably all do here in innovation how do you insert it so that you don't forget to make the same mistakes that that you're trying to teach your clients not to make
1: yeah yeah it's a it's a hard one but i it is a hard one um You know, because you have grand vision of, like, what something's going to look like or how you want it to be at scale or how it's going to appease all these customers. But then you have to recognize that, like, it is a long hallway to get there, right? And you got to start somewhere. And you got to start somewhere that's easy uh, and that's going to captivate an audience before you actually get to that, you know, platform play, if you will. Um, And... That's really the role of product here, right? Because we have so many design thinkers, we have business folks, we have people that are like, oh, well, can't we just do this? We positioned, we position, this is great. We pitched three concepts last week. And after all three were over, there was like a couple of people in the room, they're like, let's just, let's just combine those. Like, that's perfect. That, that product would be amazing. Like yeah, that product would be amazing if you want it in ten years. <laughs> like, like you don't understand what you just asked for, you know. And it just proves that you're not understanding like what the customer pain point is, right? We need to figure out what that actual pain point is and try to solve it because if we can solve that really well, well then we can add these other pieces as features. Um, and I think that having that clarity as a PM um, is really important. And, and you do have to remind yourself of that because you can get hung up. Uh, I've done it i I did it on my own startup. I you know spent way too long kind of trying to get all of the features in uh, without recognizing like how complex it was getting before we had really gotten good feedback from a user. Um, so live and learn, I guess.
0: <laughs> right. So, are you have you hung up your entrepreneurial badge, and or do you think there might be one more garage business in your future? Uh, there's
1: probably thirty garage businesses in my future. I, uh, I, <laughs> I was on the Amazing Race. Uh, oh, <laughs> and so I've Do you been, just
0: win at things That's <laughs> this is the advice if you take up the get shit done mantra yeah, it should. will equal to win startup weekend be in the amazing race
1: Yeah. Uh, you
0: need another episode just for your accolades there,
1: there you go <laughs> no 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 uh, but I've had this like I'm, I'm obsessed with traveling um, and I've been working on something on the side recently that's like in the travel space that I'm excited about. Uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Um, but ever, yeah, ever since then, it's just been like, I gotta do something with travel and I feel like there's a big opportunity in travel right now, but I'm in the same position that I'm in when we work with our clients, right? It's like, okay, I know what the vision is for this thing. I know what it looks like at, at scale. MVP is very hard to kind of start and be able to get people's attention that would eventually allow you to get there. Um, and it's taking those steps backwards uh, and really being smart about where you where you begin uh, that enables you to be successful. So really like refining that sort of first iteration of it is uh, is where I'm at right now, but it's super fun.
0: Do you have this is my last question for today. Yeah. Do you have advice for, The people listening in, people who are are just dipping a toe into this world of of entrepreneurship and product, something from your long travels (laughs) through this space.
1: Yeah, I mean, only work on it if you love it. You know, I think that um, if if you're working on it because you want to make a lot of money or if you're working on it because... um, somebody else did it and you thought it looked kind of cool you're gonna fail um you have to absolutely love it and absolutely believe in it uh because if you don't you're gonna wake up one day and you're gonna ask yourself what you're doing and you're gonna lose all the momentum you had uh and i think any entrepreneur that's worked on a number of projects has had that happen at least once uh and so you you start to realize that but just really make sure that you love it because if you love it you're going to be successful in, in some degree. Uh, it might not be the next billion-dollar idea, but there's going to be a level of success that comes out of it. Um, but if you're just doing it for, for the wrong reasons, uh,
0: it's, it's wasting your time. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, Tyler. really appreciate it. Yeah. You're listening to 100 PM, the official podcast for 100productmanagers.com. If you haven't been to our site, please check it out. We have so many great resources for anybody looking to learn more about product management or starting a technology business. I'm your host, Susanna Bate. Join me here. We've got a new conversation every Tuesday. We'll see you next time.